Hello. Hello. It's hot again. <laughs> God. I like that this starts with a weather update. Every <laughs> Weather update from Austin, Texas. Today it is 86 degrees currently. I just woke up upset about it. My Our thing downstairs says uh, 92, but the thing outside is in the sun. Mm. The thing that talks to... Oh, that's that's how that works. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, there's like a a thing nailed to the porch railing thing outside. Yeah. Um, that then communicates to the thing on our record player table. I don't know what I, I just assumed somehow it knew. I didn't know it came in multiple pieces. Yeah. Ryan was really excited about it when when he bought it. That sounds like something Ryan would be really excited about. Yeah, but it is not accurate because it's in the sun. Yeah. So, it's... so. But it also would not be accurate in the shade really either. So I don't think there's a good place no. for it to go. No, probably not. Anyway, we read you again for this episode. Which I have a lot of feelings about. Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> this was a book of the month for September. Yes. So we both got it in September, obviously, and just now read it a month and a half late. Yeah, because we knew we were going to do it for the podcast, basically. So yeah, we made it we our sat on it our our later October read, our non spooky October non-sp- read. Yeah, we had to start with the spooky. Yeah, which I think worked out. Which I would like to update the people. I have finished the entire Witches of Thistle Grove series. And I genuinely... They're short books. There's four of them and they're all like less than 300 pages. And the last one is like 250 or something like that. It's super thin. Mm. And I'm pretty sure each of them get better and better. uh, Until the last one. But it was still great. Yeah. But like the middle two were fucking so good. Okay. You can take them home with you if you want. I'm going to take them home. Yeah. I, I, I really loved them after being like kind of like medium on the first one. Yeah. Like I liked it, but I was like, I don't know. But I had the other one. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'll just do this. Why not? It's a spooky. It's a cozy. They're great. They also make great Halloween decor. That's true. They're all the covers as we've established are very pretty. So that's. That's my update. Yeah. That I I read all those books. And they were great. And they were great. Shall we read the blurb for mm-hmm. You Again? We shall. Okay. You Again by Kate Goldbeck. Here's the blurb. When Ari and Josh first meet, the wrong kind of sparks fly. They hate each other instantly. A free-spirited, struggling comedian, Ari likes to keep things casual and never sleeps over after hooking up. Josh, a born and bred New Yorker, has ambitious plans to take the culinary world by storm and find capital T, capital zero, capital zero, capital zero, (laughs) capital T, capital O, the one. They have absolutely nothing in common except they happen to be sleeping with the same woman. Ari and Josh never expect their paths to cross again, but years later, as they're both reeling from ego ego bruising breakups, wow, that's a tongue twister. A chance encounter leads to a surprising connection, friendship. Turns out spending time with your former nemesis is fun when you're too sad to hate each other and too sad for hate sex. As friends without benefits, they find comfort in late-night Netflix binges, swiping through each other's online dating profiles, and bickering across boroughs. Until one night, the unspoken boundaries of their platonic relationship begin to blur. 
With sharp observations and sizzling chemistry, you again explores the dynamics of co-ed friendship. I don't like the word co-ed there. Explores the dynamics of co-ed friendship in this irresistible romantic comedy of modern love in all its forms. Interesting. That's a mouthful. Yeah. As established, I'm not a blurb reader. So when I saw this book on the options for book of the month, which so rarely has romance options, I did not have a single thought in my head. I just hit, choose this as my book, check out. Yep. That was it. I saw the cover. I had a mild like, oh, that looks like kind of When Harry Met Sally-esque. I did not read the blurb. I did not research what the book was about. And so imagine my delight <laughs> when it is <laughs> when I realized that it is a full When Harry Met Sally retelling. And the the bulk of my notes that I did not copy paste into our shared Google Doc, but that exist on my phone notes app are me purely pointing out all of the moments <laughs> that are literally direct lifts from the movie. Great. So that's what you're in for today. <laughs> oh boy, I'm very excited because I have seen the movie once and... I'm gonna guess that I've seen it upwards of 30 times. Wow. <laughs> okay. Great. It's my favorite movie. Yeah, no. It's I my favorite movie. Um. So yeah, I, I will be interested in your perspective on some of, like, I wonder... I don't know if there are any of these moments, but I wonder if there are some moments that like I found either particularly charming or particularly cringy mm. because they were direct lifts from the movie that yeah. maybe you read differently. Mm, interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, once I realized, and I did realize before I actually read the book that it was a When Harry Met Sally retelling because when we talked about it, last time on the podcast and said we were doing this, that was when I was like, oh, wait. It's when Harry met Sally. Yeah. Um, so I was um, a little anxious, but cautiously optimistic. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your overall thoughts. I don't want to hear them yet. Yeah, no, I have many. I have many. Also, I feel like we've gotten a lot of retellings of You've Got Mail, mm. but no retellings of When Harry Met Sally. Interesting. You've Got Mail is like almost an easier premise Yes. I mean, it is an easier premise, not almost, but it's just email. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or it's just like you're communicating with someone and you don't know their identity, but you actually know them in real life, but you don't know they're the same person. Right. Like that's a super common yeah. like trope. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this, the When Harry Met Sally, very specific brands, uh, like very specific brand of enemies to friends to lovers mm, mm -hmm. over the course of a decade or whatever right is i imagine really hard to write yeah i mean we've certainly read books with like time jumps and things like that but like you said not in an enemies to friends to lovers mm -hmm. kind of it's usually like always lovers meeting at different points a lot of the time right right and i found i don't know how you felt about how um Kate Goldbeck, the author, handled the time jumps in this book, but I thought it worked really well. I thought it worked. I thought it was fine. The yeah. time jumps didn't... I I just noticed them and kind of moved on sort of thing. Like, yeah. They made sense. I think like going into the book, I didn't think about how there will have to be time jumps. I didn't either, yeah. And so the way that she does it where it is very much like a chapter and then like two years later or mm -hmm. whatever, I think like... 
we don't spend too much time where we're having these like big time gap jumps or whatever. So I think that was helpful that it's like the first hundred pages. We have these scenes over the like four or five years, maybe. I think it's more than that. Seven there's, years. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Because it starts in 2014 and then it's three years later and then two years later and then another three years later. Yeah. And then we're in like. Quote the, unquote present day. Right. Yeah. So I think I think that they moved a little bit quicker in the beginning was helpful. But it, I did want more context for some things for sure. Yeah. But that's also how the movie is. So exactly. And I think any of the things that I would have picked apart about this book, had I not known that this book was relying so heavily on the movie, mm-hmm. I didn't pick them apart the way that I otherwise would have. Like the one of the things that I texted you was that both of these characters are immensely unlikable people. Yes. Um, but like, so are Harry and Sally. <laughs> That's fair (laughs) i like sally to an extent but also i'm like would i want to be friends with her i'm not positive she's a little high strung i want to be friends with carrie fisher yes yes the broader friend group is delightful yes although actually i don't know if i would want to be friends with carrie fisher in that movie imagine if your best friend was sleeping with a married guy for like eight years and constantly was like, he's never going to leave him, is he? And you're like, fucking no, you crazy person. That's true. I'd want to be friends with Carrie Fisher once she's married to Harry's friend. Yes. Yes. That's that's fair. The eight years of sleeping with a married man would kill me. Yeah. Yeah. All of this is to say <laughs> that I think the book relying so heavily on the movie both helped it and kind of hurt it Mm because I think there are things that could have been explored more Mm -hmm. had it not kept so strongly to the When Harry Met Sally, like, broader universe, basically. But, you know, it was also, like, just, like, a delightful little homage to a really beloved story. Yeah. So, yeah. So, let's get into it. So, in 20... The book starts in 2014, and we meet our main character, Ari, who I didn't like immediately because she was one of those annoying people asking for donations on the street and guilt tripping people when they don't do it. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) I was reading this like during the past couple weeks when I was working ACL. Or I started it during like the second weekend of ACL. And when you're walking into ACL and Mm -hmm. all of those people are like, somebody tried to stop me and was like, hi, would you like to stop or like help stop animal abuse? And I just had to like keep walking. Yeah, yeah. you're like, what am I supposed to say? No. No, I don't. No, I don't. (laughs) And then the next day I was with Austin doing the same thing and it was an ASPCA guy and I was like, I already donate. Yeah. So that was a little bit better, but it was like, I'm going to work. Like I can't stop to give you $10. I don't have cash anyway. I lean pretty heavily on the I'm a journalist. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm a journalist, so I don't want to put my name on anything. That's fair. I do, I do that one a lot. Yeah, I do donate to ASPCA and the animal shelter here, which are pretty non-political. Yeah, causes. I have my own charitable causes that I donate to that are not solicited by random people on the street. Yeah, unfortunately, you know. Yeah, yeah so Ari's one of those people, and I was just like, cringe Yep. immediately. And so one of the guys that she comes across as a dick to her. And so it becomes very obvious of like, oh, this is going to be revealed to be. I didn't think it was. Really? I thought it was a random guy. No, I was like, oh, that's going to be 
our male lead for sure. I didn't clock it until she said it. Like, I just was like, oh, it's a guy who's a dick. Like, lots of people in New York or whatever, especially because he was like, I'm on a call. Yeah. And so, and I knew we were looking out for a guy who's a chef. Mm -hmm. And he looked too, he was described too much of like a business looking person where he's in like a fancy sweater and like, I don't know. He doesn't, Mm -hmm. maybe I was looking for like dirtbag line cook energy, which Josh does not have. No. I didn't, I didn't dislike Ari too much. I think she's very chaotic and I think she would have driven me nuts had I known her in real life. I fucking hated Josh. Yeah. I hated him so much. Not a likable person in this in this book at all. But yeah, so so we we meet Ari, we semi meet Josh. We don't know that Josh is Josh yet. And then uh basically Ari has this like friends with benefits situation with this guy Gabe who is one of the likable characters he in this is book. Very, yeah. I like him a lot. There's some good side characters in this book. Great side characters. Uh, Briar I'm obsessed with. We'll talk about Briar. Yes, Josh's sister, yeah. Briar. Um, so Gabe and Ari are hooking up when, lo and behold, there is a knock on the door. It is Josh, a.k.a. this man who was a dick to Ari, a.k.a. her roommate's boyfriend. Boyfriend, quote unquote. Yes, quote unquote boyfriend. He, he thinks that. Yeah, he thinks so. She does not. And she doesn't necessarily want a boyfriend. Yeah. Um, he's there to make her dinner. Yeah, Gabe's leaving. The roommate's not there yet. She's like on the way. So Gabe starts prep, or not Gabe. Josh starts prepping this fancy dinner, which the menu sounds fucking weird. Yeah. I don't remember what it is, but I remember reading it and being like, I don't like that at all. Please don't make that for me. Yeah, his food is very douchey sounding, all of it. Which tracks. So basically, Ari and Josh are just like snipping at each other, Mm -hmm. like little sarcastic banter back and forth. Ari realizes that he was the guy who was a dick to her. I don't know. It's just like a long scene of them just like sniping at each other. Right. Basically. Yeah. And Josh... Basically makes it known that he believes in, like, soulmates or whatever. And Ari's like, that's stupid. And then they, like, get in a little bickery fight and then she leaves. Yeah. Well, first she, before that, she reveals that she is banging her roommate. Yep. That's messy. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I mean, I know that it said in the blurb. Again, not a blurb reader. Yeah. Like, I realize it said in the blurb they're sleeping with the same woman. But I was not expecting that woman to be Ari's roommate. I wasn't either. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this is sloppy. I know. So it like makes sense in the plot because Ari is one of the most chaotic people I think we've ever read about. Yes. Truly. Genuinely. She's, yeah. And sleeping with your roommate. Um, yeah. It's a little it's a little messy. Yeah. So basically Ari just like, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she's she like deliver some zinger to Josh basically of like, you know, like, well, I'm fucking your girlfriend or whatever. And then she bounces. Yep. Which is kind of iconic. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm stressed about her, but, you know, good for her. Yeah. She is very funny. Yeah. Um, So that's like the first little vignette. And then we get our next three years later or our first time jump to three years later. So it's 2017 now. And this is the point where I noticed that it sort of shifts between Mm -hmm. Ari and Josh's perspective very subtly Mm -hmm. in a way that, like, I wasn't sure I liked it first. And then I ended up like it because at first I was like, what's happening? I know. I saw I noticed it like in the first little vignette 
because it's got these little icons over it. Yeah, what are, Josh's is a are spatula. Like, yeah, I was gonna say they're like whisks or something. His is a spatula and hers is a microphone because she's yes. a comedian. Yes, it is a microphone. Yeah, so I didn't clock that at first. I kind of just thought those were like cute little page divider things. Yeah, it's like third person dual perspective as we've talked about before. Uh, omnipotent third person or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't clock it until too way too late. So basically... The only thing I really remember about this section is that Ari's best friend, Radia, I'm going to that's say that I, that's how we say her name, Yeah, is working with Josh at a restaurant, and he she's like his like sous chef or whatever yeah. or something. He's in charge. He's the like executive chef or whatever. He like... Got in there a couple years before and like rose through the ranks and suddenly he's in charge. And mm -hmm. Radia and a lot of the other cooks there are like not fans of him, his for good reason. Cause yeah. He fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. He's an asshole. He like overrides their decisions without like their insight. Like he's just a bad boss and a giant dick. And there's a food critic in the restaurant and Radia is cooking this like special duck and she and Josh disagree on how long the duck needs to stay in the oven for. Mm -hmm. And then the duck gets delivered to the food critic. It's undercooked. Radia was right. She calls Josh out and he fucking fires her. Yep. Uh, on the floor of the restaurant. Yeah. I had, I was enraged reading this as somebody <laughs> who knows too much of like how a restaurant works. So I texted Austin because at one point in the chapter, he's like just going out onto the floor to like just mm -hmm. see how things are going like during service while they're cooking. So I texted Austin. I was like, what a chef just like leave the kitchen to just like go out on the floor. And he's like, sometimes. So like, all right, sure. Mm -hmm. But he's also getting really worked up about this food critic who's from Eater. Right. Which, you know, I like Eater. But it's not like Michelin. Yeah. He's like, a bad write-up and Eater could get a shut down. And I'm like, not really. I mean, I don't think a bad write-up, one bad write-up anywhere could get a restaurant shut down. Like a series of bad write-ups. Right. But he's like, this is going to, like, this is going to kill the restaurant. Yeah. I'm like, buddy, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Ari is there sitting at the bar basically waiting for Radia to get off work so they can hang out. Mm -hmm. And so Ari, like... <laughs> it calls Josh out for being a dick and throws a drink in his face. Uh, one of the other best parts of this chapter is that it describes what Josh looks like and it's like he's wearing a bandana around his forehead and he's got a terrible like half man bun mm -hmm. and it made me fucking hate him. Yeah, yeah, the, the bandana really did it for me. Ooh, he's the worst. I hate him. Yep. I hate him. Yep. Anyway. um, So that's our next little vignette. Mm -hmm. And then we've got Yet another two-year time jump, so now we're in 2019. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that matters. I don't know if it matters either, but... But it kind of helps to know where we are in history. Right. It's 2019. We learned that Josh's dad has passed away. Josh's dad has owned, owned like a legendary deli that we learn in the back of the book that was inspired by uh, Katz's mm -hmm. in New York. Which is the first moment that I was like, 
when Harry met Sally. <laughs> I was just like, ooh, deli. Great. Cool. <laughs> no, I was like, I know exactly why it's a deli. So Josh, Josh's dad dies. Um, Josh takes over the deli, and he wants to turn it into this fucking horrible-sounding, like, fancy new American whatever-the-fuck restaurant. I hate it. I hate it. That the only homage to the original Jewish deli is that there's, like, pickles, right? Yeah. It's something, or something like that? Something like that. He wants, like, the, it was originally called Brodsky's. He wants to rename it The Broad. Awful. Horrible. Yeah. Like, strip it and sell really pretentious prefix menu food. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, you know, the reader can see the writing on the wall of where this is going. It's not going to be great. Nope. Josh has a long-distance girlfriend. Her name is Sophie. Yes. That also sounds like it's not going great. No. Josh is not aware that it's not going great, but the reader certainly is. He's he's grasping at straws here. Yeah. Yeah. He goes to this, like, crazy-sounding New Year's party with his sister, Briar, who is an influencer. This is where we meet her. I love her. I love her. <laughs> She's, like, chaotic in a fun way not a stressful way yeah i don't know if i would want to be friends with her but i love reading her character in the book yes yes and she's in college at this point and so she's like josh you're coming to this party with me that my like professor is hosting yeah which weird but okay sure yeah i would never invite my students to a party that was not expressly a party that i was hosting for them yeah i this is like a professor. She's like a gender media studies professor. Her name is Cass, and she sounds like one of those awful professors who's like really pretentious and has like four favorites and yeah, just like brings them around everywhere. Yeah, so yeah. it's like in a warehouse or something too. Yes. So Josh and Briar get Josh and Briar get to the party, meet Cass, the professor. Lo and behold, who is Cass's brand new wife? It's Ari. <laughs> Which, like, every single section of this book, I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. And, like, Ari is high out of her mind and, like, walks up to Cass and just starts, like, full on, like, making out with her in front of her students. Cass is cool with it. As a reader, I'm not. Feels weird. So Ari is rolling at yeah. this party um, and behaving wildly inappropriately. And... Then happens the one of the first very blatant when Harry Met Sally references is just some random woman next to them says, I want some of whatever she's on, mm. which is absolutely a I'll have what she's having yeah. moment, which that was where I was like, that's clever. Like that was a clever way to kind of interpolate mm. that. What else happens at this party? They have like a nice friendly moment because... Mm, mm-hmm. Ari around midnight is like hanging out on the fire escape or balcony or whatever. Oh, and Josh is leaving a dirty voicemail for yes. his girlfriend. Uh, and Ari overhears it and starts like, you know, kind of making fun of him. And they have a conversation like on the fire escape or whatever they are, wherever they're sitting. And it's just like, it's like friendly. It's yeah. It's less snippy. Yeah. Josh is basically like, you're married. That's interesting. Yeah. And Ari's like, yeah, you know. I came around. Yeah. And Josh says something about like how he and his once his girlfriend moves back to New York, they're going to get married. They're going to get married and all this stuff. Yeah. Which as we know is yeah. not going to happen. 
Uh, the other note I have from this section is Ari is talking about some uh, wood and marble cheese board that they got from their wedding registry. And I was like, is that the crate and barrel one that I have? Because that was my first thought. It must be. It, I feel like it has to be. It has cause to be. Because I, I got married in 2020, which is a, it, and this is 2019. And I put it on my wedding registry. Perfect. Wow. So it absolutely is the the crate and barrel wooden marble cheese board for one of the instagram pictures you need to put your book on top of it on top of the cheese board yeah, yeah. i will post a pic of said cheese board said, said cheese board which i only ever use on thanksgiving <laughs> well great yeah so then we get another time jump of three years later so now we're in 2022 so we yeah. skip the pandemic conveniently conveniently there's no mention of the pandemic in this book Mm-mm. The- I, I feel like there might have been one very very, very slight one. Really? I didn't clock it then. I think it was, I think, I could be misremembering, but I think it was in the context of the failed deli. You, you might be right. And at one point he talks about a de- another deli that he really loved that closed. During and, the pandemic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you might be right, actually. Yeah. But that's the only reference that I can think of. Yeah. Which, like, is fair. It doesn't really matter all that much. Right. So... So, yes, Josh's reimagined deli has shockingly failed. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk? That this beloved deli, people were not happy, turned into a... Uh, an entirely new place. Yep. <laughs> Pretentious Who'd place. Who'd have thought? Ari is also very shockingly getting a divorce. Yeah. And it's not even Ari's fault. Yeah. Though. Cass is a Re- piece of shit. Cass is replacing her with a younger, hotter model. Which is precisely how Harry's divorce goes. I mean, he's not a younger, hotter model, but um, the uh, the don't fuck with Mr. Zero yes. <laughs> scene and uh, basically Harry being like, yeah, that all of that was a lie. He She met someone else. Yep. Which is more or less what ends up happening, though we don't get a hilarious baseball uh Baseball game scene. No, no baseball games. <laughs> <in baseball. laughs> yeah. That is my favorite uh, out of context quote mm. is Mr. Zero knew. <laughs> Mr. Zero knew you were getting a divorce before you did. Speaking of when Harry met Sally, the re-meet that we get in this book is a very, very funny <laughs> retelling. Retelling of, because in the movie, Sally and Marie are in a bookstore looking at what appear to be just like self-help books. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harry is there and is like kind of creepily staring at Sally and Marie goes, someone's staring at you over in personal growth, <laughs> which is a, which is a hilarious moment. And like one of the most famous quotes from the movie, but in the book, <laughs> we get this scene in a sex shop, yep, <laughs> which is very, very funny. <laughs> And it's like a bougie sex shop where they also, I think, like sell skincare or something. Yeah. Like yeah. Briar drags Josh into it and she's like, I need this new like retinol or something. And then, yeah, it's a sex shop. And Ari's in there holding a very large vibrator. Yeah. Which I guess is the Ari equivalent of someone staring at you over in personal growth. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's very funny. So they run into each other in the sex toy shop and then they just like hang out. Afterwards, they, like, go get a slice of pizza. So they just kind of go on a walk and, like, chat, shoot the shit, catch up. Talk about how their lives are falling apart. 
Exactly. Uh, and so it's like a several page long, like cute bantery. They're becoming friends. Yeah. Moment. And even at the end of that chapter, there's basically the, as happens in the movie, the, wait, are we becoming friends right now? And we're friends who don't want to fuck each other? That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's very, very cute. Yep. So then that starts the whole part of the book where they're friends. Yeah, and where we're living in more, we're more or less done with the time jumps, at least with large ones. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, after this, there are, like, a bunch of series of, like, little scenes of them together. It's very slice of life Yeah, in this middle section of the book. You get scenes of Ari having to tell Radia that she's friends with her sworn enemy. Oh, yeah, yeah, and Radia's like, what the fuck? Yeah, there's one. They go to Ikea at one point to buy furniture, which this is the second book. We've read in the past two months where they go to Ikea to shop for furniture and they go to the Strand. Yeah. <laughs> so that's funny. I know. That is funny. Because that's what happened in the neighbor favor mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. those who did not listen to that episode. Yeah. Um, they do the When Harry Met Sally thing of watching uh, movies in their own respective homes. Yes. Um, while talking on the phone. In the book, it's The Princess Bride. In the movie, it's Casablanca. Although I think they end up watching The Expendables. They're talking about The Princess Bride. It never expressly says. They, like, later watch The Princess Bride, but I think it's, like, when they are finally together. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Uh, you're right. The Expendables, ironically, is a movie I've seen multiple times because my dad fucking loves that movie. And every time I was there on the weekend, it was always at Redbox. That Mm. was, like, our Friday night thing is we'd go to Redbox and rent a movie. And he would inevitably fall asleep. So I've seen The Expendables a lot. Turns out people don't like that movie. It's not good. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's a generic action movie. It's a dad movie. Yeah, it's I'm got- pretty sure I also watched it rented from Redbox. Yep, in front of dad. Walmart. Yes, in front of Walmart. Yep. Um, that was our Friday night thing too. It was originally at Blockbuster, but mm. R.I.P. Then ours was, was re- uh, Redbox. Yeah, Blockbuster. Then it became out of the five dollar DVD bin at Walmart. At Walmart. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. We had the same childhood. <laughs> Single dads know what they're doing, yep. I guess. That $5 bin at, Wal- at Walmart introduced me so- to some really excellent movies. Rat Race. Have you ever seen that? Yes. That's I an have. excellent movie. It introduced me to the Beverly Hillbillies, which I Ooh. had a long conversation at work about the Beverly Hillbillies recently. And I was like, I've never seen a movie. I've seen a lot of episodes of the Beverly Hillbillies. I I would argue that I've probably seen every episode of the Beverly Hillbillies. I've seen a lot of Beverly Hillbillies. I've seen a lot of Andy Griffith, which I didn't like as much as Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Andy Griffith is kind of boring. Uh, seen a lot of SCTV, mm. which was not necessarily always appropriate for a nine-year-old. Nope. Uh, seen a lot of it, though. We had several box sets that were in the $5 movie bin at Walmart. Also, definitely got some other movies that are there. Like, I think Rat Race was maybe one we had. Rat Race for sure came out of the $5 bin, and that movie is a, a classic. We got Batman Begins out of the $5 bin Dang, one year. Dang, a that steal. Was, oh, it was a score. Yeah. That was, yeah, we didn't buy DVDs. At, like, they were never organized either. Mm-hmm. It was truly. It's, you're just dumpster diving. A true dumpster dive of yeah. DVDs. Yeah, literally. It was in one of those big bins that yeah. they put, like, the bouncy balls in. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I like I had like the biggest moment of nostalgia talking about this with somebody at work. And I was like the DVD bin at Walmart. Yeah. With all of the like classic TV shows 
Yeah, I think that's how I got introduced to uh, Fat Albert, that TV show, <laughs> um, which was good. I hesitate to say too many good things about it because I don't know if it holds up. Mm, I wouldn't <laughs> imagine it does, but who knows? Yeah, I was like seven. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's very funny when you're seven. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Lady Killers with uh, uh, Tom Hanks. That's a great movie. Um. Oh, one. oh, I think we got the terminal too. Oh, where Tom Hanks lives in an airport. Oh, we got one. Uh, called Breaking Free, a very niche road racing movie. I think that's what it's called. Hold on. I had one. We had one that was like very like heist adjacent. There was like a scam, and a heist, and a blonde lady. Breaking know. away. Breaking Away. Of 1979. It's got Dennis Quaid in it, actually. Oh. And they, uh, it's a bicycle race movie. And there's a quarry in there for some reason? Oh, yeah. A small town boy obsessed with the Italian cycling team vies for the affections of a college girl. Pretty good movie. Mm. Anyway, if you guys have fond memories of the DVD bin at Walmart. Tell us what DVDs you got in the $5 bin. I'm sure my dad has every single one still. I know for a fact that my dad has every single one. Um, next time I go to my dad's house, I'm going to look. And Me I'll too. Send, I'll send you a picture. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'm pretty sure they end up watching The Expendables, but they have a, a lengthy conversation about The Princess Bride. Yes. Yes, they go mattress shopping. Radia, again, finds out that they're friends because Ari's... Blue, Ari's like phone is Bluetooth connected to a speaker and it's announcing who's texting her. Yeah, which sure sucks. Yep. There's the um the also lifted directly from when Harry met Sally scene of when they're hanging out and Ari is basically like, Do you want to do something later? Do you want to get pizza? I don't remember exactly what she says. In the movie, it's the there's too much pepper on my paprikash sign scene, and Harry's like, Do you want to have dinner with me later? Or do you want to see a movie with me later or something? And Sally's like, no. And Harry's like, why? Do you have a hot date? And she's like, actually, yeah. And it's kind of awkward. This is the equivalent of that. Like Ari asks Josh to hang out. Josh is like, I got a date. date. And Ari, um, (laughs) I do not like this part. (laughs) I'm not kink shaming anybody, but. It's very childish because basically after this, Ari goes on a dating app and like turns on the like, I want to match with couples mm-hmm. thing. And the direct quote from the book is, if Josh can date someone, Ari can date two someones. And I'm like, fucking grow up, girl. Yeah, a lot of like Ari's like sex journey in the book is all just her avoiding her feelings. And it's all just like very immature, mm-hmm. a lot of it. So... Again, we're not kink shaming around here. But. Right. If you want to hook up with two someones, hook up with two someones. But I don't like the way this was handled. Yeah, it's all kind of like, it just like looks like self-destructive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, n- this is not going to end well for literally anyone that's right. involved. No, this is not a good idea. And it doesn't end well for anyone involved. No, it Including the eventual couple that she, but whatever. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Josh's date is going horribly. Briar keeps, like, setting him up with, like, women who are exactly like her, like, influencers. Yeah. Pilates bitches, if you will. Which yes. Hannah called me a Pilates bitch recently. You know, own it. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. 
you know, they're probably girls, girls. Yeah, it's nope. not an insult. No. It's an observation. Yeah, it's... A- <laughs> <laughs> they are fancy New York women. Yes. Who go to Soul Cycle or whatever. And take photos of their food, which really annoys Josh. Yeah. That isn't my favorite thing, but I also am like, calm down, dude. Yeah. De- depends on the food. Yeah. If it's something calm. crazy looking. Oh, yeah. She took a picture of her salad. Ex- yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I definitely have a picture of our seafood tower. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's different. Yeah. So uh, Ari rescues Josh from this date. And makes a scene in the restaurant that's really funny. This is really funny. <laughs> he basically, she basically pretends to be his wife, and like throws like a "Oh my god, you're cheating on me!" like screaming in the middle of this yeah. restaurant. And the woman does not leave. Yeah, which is so funny. She like sits and hangs out. She's like, "That's crazy! Oh my god, Josh, why? Yeah. Oh my!" And she's just like hanging out and like talking to Ari, and it's really funny. And then they just, they just start like eating. Yeah. This also feels a bit like an interpolation of the all have what she's having scene. Mm -hmm. The like making a scene in a restaurant. Mm, Yeah. Of it all. Um, But yeah, this part's very funny. This is the part where I started to realize there were more Taylor Swift references than a normal book. Yes. Because around here we get the third one. And then you see in my notes that as I kept reading the rest of the book... First, I wrote three Taylor Swift references, LOL. Then I wrote all caps four. Then I wrote all caps five, five. exclamation point. Um, so there are a total of five Taylor Swift references. Although the first one, um, I, well, all of them have to do with Briar. Yes. Briar is clearly a Swifty. Yeah. At one point, Josh says Briar's like one claim to fame is her Instagram post comparing Taylor Swift to handbags, <laughs> which is very funny and a uh, Instagram post I would love. Yeah. So it's excellent. And then another, the one I think that made me write this down was Josh and Ari and Briar and Gabe, Ari's like prior friends with benefits, mm-hmm. now just friend. They're all hanging out. And Gabe and Briar start, like, debating the best songs off of folklore. Yeah. Which I did not clog the pandemic reference earlier. And then I was like, this is where, like, books that don't mention the pandemic, like, get confusing. Because it's like, folklore does not exist without the pandemic. Right. But anyway. Yeah. As we've established, the pandemic is possibly mentioned in this book. And either way, does it really matter? No. Maybe I would like to think that Taylor would have made folklore in every universe. Right. Pandemic or not. (laughs) I like to think that. I do too. Um, this was also the part that I was like, oh, are we going to get Briar and Gabe pairing off like in the movie? Oh. But that is not ultimately where it ends up going. No. And actually, the Gabe meeting comes a little later after some other significant things happen, but we'll discuss that in a minute. Oh, yeah. So as they're, you know, Josh and Ari are still continuing their friendship uh, and not admitting they're in love with each other. They go to the the Strand to sell off books. Uh, Ari's like super broke. She's like a struggling, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but she's a struggling comedian, which like surprisingly does not come up that much in this book until the end. No, it really doesn't. Like she does a lot of, she does a lot of like gig economy stuff. Like she writes speeches for people on this really terrible sounding website. Yeah, it sounds like Fiverr or something like that. Like one of those things where you hire someone to like do random shit for you. Yes, I almost did that in college and I realized it was like $10 per thing. And I was like, this is like an hour of work. Yeah. I don't want to do that at all. Not great. Nope. And so they go to the Strand to sell off 
Josh is selling off a bunch of his cookbooks because he's still in his episode of I'm never going to cook again after my colossal failure. And uh, Ari just needs money. She's also getting rid of a lot of like Cass's books Mm -hmm. that she left in the apartment. And then they run into Cass and her new fiance. Her new fiance. Cass and Ari are not fully divorced at this point. Yeah, the ink has not dried. No, no, Ari hasn't even signed the papers. Yeah, there is no ink. Yeah, there's this very awkward conversation in the strand. Ari keeps sending Cass nudes. Yeah. Which is so sad. Yeah. That was the most depressing part of this book. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And this is like, they've been like divorced or divorcing for like months at this point. And she's still not over it. Which I understand not being over it, but real self-destructive behavior. Yeah. Ari's like getting drunk and sending her nudes, which is yeah. Yeah, not not good. Cass and her new fiance are there touring it as like a wedding venue, possibly. Mm-hmm. Cass asked her to like please sign the papers. Or engagement party. Oh, engagement, engagement. party. Yeah, because uh. that's how they find because yeah, there's something I think someone mentions like, oh, is this for a birthday party? And she's like, No, engagement party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's terribly awkward. Yeah, it's bad. Ari has a breakdown afterward Mm -hmm. to Josh and is also basically like, I don't know, she was was like the first person who like chose me. And you kind of start to understand why Ari is so devastated. I mean, like she's devastated for a lot of reasons, but yeah, you get you get a little bit more insight into it. Yeah, and this part in the book was because, you know, as I'm reading this, I'm like predicting like, oh, this is going to happen next because if we're following the flow of the movie, this is when X thing happens. Mm. And in the movie, when Sally finds out that her ex-boyfriend is getting married, that's when she's like crying in her apartment and throwing the tissues everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, but I'm (laughs) and I'm going to be 40. (laughs) And Harry's like in seven years (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Yes. And Sally's like, but it's there. Anyway, so, and then that's when they hook up. And so I thought that, like, Ari and Josh were going to immediately get together, like, when Ari's upset about this wedding. Yeah. Um, Which that's kind of flipped the characters a little bit, but I was still thinking, like, that's what was this is what's going to happen. And then it doesn't. So not everything is a one to one comparison. No. So not long after this, I don't, they like make a deal to do something like Ari help, Josh helps Ari with something and then he's like, now you have to come with me to my, this like fundraiser thing his family's going to be at. Yeah, a New Year's Eve gala. Yeah, his mom is like a high powered like real estate agent in New York. I love his mom. Oh, his mom is great. She's a great character. Uh, She's amazing. I want to be her. Uh clearly his family is like extremely wealthy yeah josh has like not had a job yeah he's just been chilling this whole time no and ordering takeout like every day and he has a very nice apartment yeah that he purchased yes yeah he's dicking around not working yeah yeah they've got money yeah and like paying for ari to do stuff too like when they go places together he like pays for her yep yeah it's nice to be able to fail and have a safety net of your parents wealth yeah imagine that yeah so he makes Ari come with him to this New Year's gala as his date. They're honoring his dad. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, some something about his dad. 
and they all got to be there. And yeah. Briar's been trying to hook him up with a bunch of dates, and he's like, "No, and fuck it, I'm, I'm just gonna bring Ari." Mm-hmm. Ari shows up, and she looks real hot. Yep, I want this dress she wears. It sounds phenomenal. It's like one of those silky, strappy black ones that's like deep V in the front, backless. It sounds great. Yep. Um, for what it's worth, Sally was also wearing a black dress on New Year's in the movie. Oh, thank you. So I did, for research purposes, watch the movie immediately after I finished yes. this book. Maybe I should have done that. It actually was for research purposes. Oh, I should have done that then. Yeah. <laughs> um, not just because I wanted to, which I did, but, you know. Two birds. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they hang out at this New Year's party afterward, or... Um, they're dancing and Ari starts to like have a panic attack basically. Yeah, like it's about to be midnight. Fucking John Legend is there playing, yeah. <laughs> which was a funny random moment. Yeah. Uh, so they're dancing and yeah, she starts to like have a panic attack, which I didn't fully understand why or if it was just like. Well, because they were slow dancing. Yeah. And so I kind of thought like, oh, maybe Ari's like realizing her feelings or mm-hmm. she's just very physically close to Josh mm-hmm. and is attracted to him and so it freaks her out. I yeah. kind of thought it was something like that. Okay. Anyway, well, Josh takes her outside and they start, they walk to Central Park to just like cool off mm-hmm. and they smoke a joint <laughs> and then they start dancing. Like they, they're starting to talk about like, I don't remember what they're talking about. They're talking about specific songs. It's page 213 when they kiss. Okay, so it's, they're talking and it's super quiet. And so Ari suggests that they listen to some music because it seems like Josh is starting to fall asleep. (laughs) And so Josh pulls out his phone uh, and offers to play Auld Lang Syne. Oh, yes, that's right. And Ari says, play something that feels poignant but not overly celebratory. And so then um, he plays Don't Dream It's Over. Um, And so then uh, they dance and they talk about the song and they start to feel things. And then it's almost midnight. And then they're like, oh, God, should we kiss? What do we do? What What do we do? And then uh, they're like, is it a peck? Do we kiss on the lips? Is it on the cheek? And then they for real, for real kiss. I liked this moment a lot because mm-hmm. Ari's kind of like spiraling and Josh is like, no, we're going to kiss and we're going to kiss for real. Yeah. Which is pretty hot. This was kind of the point in the book, which this is like fully, I'm just eyeballing my print copy here. This looks... Pretty damn near exactly it's 50%. Almost exactly 50% because I think there's 413 pages in the book. Check me on that. And they kiss at 213. If you count the acknowledgments, it's 413. Without the acknowledgments, it's 410. Mm, okay, so it's it's very close. Almost exactly 50%. And this is the point in the book that I think I went from like, yeah, I'm enjoying this book to like, then the whole second half, I was like, I think I really like this book. Mm-hmm. The, it kind of... Once they got together, I was like, okay, now I'm really enjoying this because I feel like after this point, we got a little more in depth with both of them. I agree. And so, yeah, 50, 50%. I was very relieved we got a 50% kiss. I thought we were going to have to wait a lot longer. Because in the movie, yeah, they like bang and then 
the last 30 minutes is they get together. Yeah. So I was glad to see that we were moving maybe a little faster than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. So after this, they only kiss. Ari panics and like kind of runs off. Uh, Avoids him for weeks. Yeah. And so she's working at one of Radia's pop-ups and because Radia is still cooking. She's Mm -hmm. doing just fine. And she's been doing these like pop-up events at breweries and stuff. And so Ari's working at one and Josh shows up because he's like, I'm fucking tired of this. And so Josh- And he knows that Ari's going to be there. So he's like, I'm just going to fucking find her and make her talk to me. And he brings Briar. Yeah. (laughs) And this is where Briar and Gabe meet. Which oh, is, yes, yes, yes. Yes. And it's a very funny scene because it's like Briar and Gabe are like both influencers. Mm-hmm. And they follow each other. They like follow each other. Yeah. yeah. They follow each other. And so they have a very like kind of meet cute also where she's like, oh, my God. His like handle is like bye bye bye. Yeah. I boy. <laughs> that's yeah, Which, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and so they're just like sitting there like nerding out about like Taylor Swift and like influencer stuff and being like a little bit self-absorbed and kind of that funny like endearing way of chaotic yeah friends while josh and ari are like having the worst lunch of their lives yes <laughs> uh it's very funny so josh stands up to leave after he gets forced to like help radio with something and roddy is like hey you should be careful with her like you guys are clearly at a weird point in your friendship don't don't scare her off, basically. Like, you need to, like, tread lightly. Because, mm-hmm. as we know, Ari scares easily. And Josh is kind of love bomby. A little bit. So he, after this... He means con- well, though. He, he means well. But after this conversation, he leaves, and Ari follows him all the way to the subway. Mm-hmm. And they have, like... Not like a fight, like an argument mm-hmm. where he's like, why are you running away? And she, they're they're just like going back and forth. And then finally he's like, I love you. Mm-hmm. And she has to decide if she's going to follow him. And she does. Yep. And then they bang. And then they bang. Twice. Yeah. So they do it that evening. Ari stays the night. He like talks her down. Yeah. Yeah. He's- she's like trying to leave, which she always does. Right. And he's like, "What? No. What are you doing? Right. They have like a very intimate sex. Yeah. Yeah. Like she starts crying. Yeah. Which is very intense. Yeah. And then the next morning they have sex again and Ari blurts out, I love you. Mm -hmm. And then fucking freaks out even more and bails again. Exactly. Then Josh's mom calls her up and I'm like, why are we exchanging phone numbers with people we've met one time? I don't know. Because Briar also has Ari's phone number. Briar is so funny. She just like will text Ari like, so good to see you. Yeah. And like comments on like Josh's Instagram posts. And it's like, she's so goofy. Yeah. I I love love her. her. Um, So she goes and meets with Josh's mom, who again, she's only met once, but Mm -hmm. Josh's mom finds her hilarious. Josh's mom loves her. Yeah. And... She knows that Ari is a comedian, and so she's like, I know this person who's hiring someone to basically do corporate, like, improv, like, team building exercises, like, traveling around to all these different companies and doing these improv classes, which sounds fucking horrible. My worst fucking nightmare. If anyone 
that I ever worked for asked me to do this, I would quit my job. You know, I used to do improv. No. <laughs> yes, That's you did. So funny. I did for now that now that you say that, I remember it because it was like in high school, right? It was from third grade all yeah, the way through high school. That's what I thought. I forget. I forgot about that. But doing it with your coworkers, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, this sounds like the worst startup in the world. Yeah, it's called Winprov. Yeah, I hate which it. Is a good name. I hate it. Yeah, it's all bad. So, but Ari's like dead broke, and let's face it, she's fucking panicking. Mm-hmm. And with this job, she would have to move to DC. Yeah. She currently lives in New York. She has and to, so she's like, cool, a cool way to run away from my problems. Yeah. She's also like having, she's still living in the apartment she shared with Cass too. And Cass is like, you got to get out because mm-hmm. we're selling it. And she doesn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. She doesn't have any money. So she's like, fuck it. I'll take this terrible sounding startup job. Yep. So Josh shows up at her apartment like a day or two later because he knows like Ari's like panicking and he's like, he shows up to make her dinner. Pasta, I think, right? Yep. A, be- a much better menu than the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And they argue, whatever. He's like, no, I love you. We're going to do this. You're going to be my girlfriend. And she's like, actually, no, I'm moving to D.C. Yeah. And your mom got me the job. Yeah. And, and Josh is like, what the fuck? Yeah. So they, like, break up. Mm-hmm. And it's a bummer. Yeah. But then we get a time jump. We get a series of small time jumps. We have two months later, Ari is doing her corporate thing. Josh is depressed, and Briar and Radia come to him with a business proposal that they're going to turn Brodsky's into a pop-up. Yep. Where it's like Indian Jewish jelly fusion. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. This actually sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Um, And Josh is like, cool. I'll help you. Yeah. Uh, And got nothing else to do. Right. And basically becomes... Radia's sous chef, so they've swapped, mm-hmm. which I love. I do love that too. Then we have a five month time jump where Ari is on one of these corporate improv visits visits in Austin at the at the Hyatt, right? And I picture it being that Hyatt across from the old statesman building. I did too. Is that exactly where you pictured yeah, it? The Hyatt Regency too. or whatever the fuck? Just like the most generic like corporate a hotel that's yes. not very nice. Exactly. But it's like decent enough. Close to downtown. Yeah. I yeah, I I love that you pictured it at that Hyatt because that was my exact first thought. I was yeah. like, there's no way they're at any other Hyatt other than this one. Oh, absolutely not. And yeah. it's like I just like imagine like a windowless like conference room they're in and it's or like one of those windowless ballrooms. Yeah. And it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I went to some many years ago, I went to some like South by stuff at that was they used to use that building or they might still for some mm-hmm. sessions and yeah that's exactly yep very generic beige ballroom i'm feeling like claustrophobic just thinking about it yeah it's yeah dim lighting and she really fucks things up on purpose <laughs> because she's like fuck this job fuck these people I hate all of this. All these people here are terrible. She's doing improv training for the like gig economy thing she used to work for. It's called mm-hmm. Never Tired. And mm-hmm. they're giving presentations about how they can make people basically work for free, but framing it as this is for our hustlers or whatever. And yeah. it, they're fucking awful. Yeah. And she decides this job is terrible. <laughs> Blows it up. Yeah. 
this is another thing that I was like, girl, just quit. <laughs> just quit your job. But she does this very funny improv thing where she basically like tells all these suits to tell each other to their faces why they're all assholes, mm-hmm. um, which is very funny. But of course, she gets fired. Yeah, obviously. Um, which, yeah, I was like, just fucking quit your jo- Just quit your job just like quit. a normal person. Just quit. Yeah. Um, another time jump. Three months later. Yeah. She's back in New York. She, she goes to the pop-up. She's living in a closet. Yeah. <laughs> she wants again. Things are not great for her once yeah. again. Things are pretty good for Josh. And Josh is going to therapy. Josh is going to therapy. Josh has apologized to Radia and is friends with her and is working with her. Mm-hmm. He's he's grown. He's grown. He's done the work. Uh, he yeah. Ari comes back and is like, "Why? Like you're supposed to like we struggle together basically." And he's like, "I deserve better." Yeah, which he's right. Yes, he is. Um, so then we get another time jump mm-hmm. two months later. So presumably, this is like New Year's, this upcoming New Year's. Yes. I would think. Yes. I should have done the math. Yeah, because we got, because the last time jump, we landed in 2022, right? Yes. We went from 2019, then we got a three-year time jump. It was 2022. Uh Uh-huh. And then. Yes. So this will be 2024. Yeah. This upcoming New Year's Eve. Yes. Yes. So then after... Josh, who does very much miss Ari, is like, we can't get back together. Like, this is too much. I deserve better than this. You can't just, like, run back to me when you feel sad. Two months later, it's, like, around New Year's time. It's, like, a few days before New Year's. And Ari's with Gabe at this, like, stand-up night where Gabe's going to perform. And he was like, Ari, you have to come and, like, laugh really loud at my jokes. And then he, like, makes her go up there. Basically to be like, go, do it. Like, you haven't done this in a while. Get your mojo back. And so she doesn't have anything prepared. But she goes up and she, like, you know, fumbles her way through it. She says it's, like, not great, but it's not bad. She gets a few laughs. Yeah. So, and she's like, okay, I can do this. So she's kind of, like, becoming herself again. And then a few days later, um, it's New Year's. We have a nice scene of Josh and his mom mm-hmm. in the deli, too, where they're kind of talking about, like, how much he misses Ari. They're making egg salad, right? They're making egg salad. Yeah. yeah. I love egg salad. Josh starts crying, which is sad. Yeah. But also, like, he's been, he's in therapy. He's, he's done the work. Yeah, he's done the work. But they, like, talk, and it's good. And so then on New Year's Eve, Ari is at this, like, comedy karaoke fundraiser stand-up thing that uh, Gabe is hosting. She's wearing, like, rainbow tights or something insane. Some, some, like, terrible... Some goofy outfit. Yeah. Gabe was, like, the leader of the improv troupe she was in, too, for forever, like, throughout this book. And then, you know, also her previous friends with benefits, her friend with benefits, you know. So they're just good buddies. Good, Good improv comedy buddies, too. And so she's there, like, emceeing this event. And Roddy's there too, volunteering. And somebody, they're doing karaoke, and somebody proposes during the karaoke set. During Return of the Mac. Yes. <laughs> to be clear. To be clear. <laughs> and Gabe is like, all right, go say something heartfelt. And Roddy is like, yeah, you used to write all those speeches for weddings and stuff. Go go read one. Yeah, she pulls out one that she wrote for 
the, the name of the speech in her notes app is titled <laughs> Toast from a Cynical Father of the Bride Who Doesn't Want to Mess Around with the Creep Factor of, quote, Giving His Little Girl Away. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but she starts, like, crying while she's doing it. And everyone's kind of like, okay. But it's, like, 11.45 and she's like, shit, I love Josh. And he's at this, like, terrible-sounding New Year's Eve run with Briar and her new influencer boyfriend. Which is like my worst nightmare. They're all wearing matching t-shirts. Yeah. Ryan's runners. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Except for Josh, who's dressed in all black. But it's like a 5K at midnight on New Year's every year in New York City, which I don't know if this really exists, but. I don't either. If anyone knows, tell us. I don't want to do it. I would like to know. Um, And it was happening in the park the previous year when they kissed. So it's kind of a full circle. Yes, exactly. Moment here. Um, So Ari does like a full... um, Airport run. Airport run. Like 20 blocks. Yeah, which is what Harry does. He fucking... Oh, you're right. I forgot. Yeah. You're right. Runs to Sally right mm-hmm. before midnight. She like nearly gets in trouble for like trying to scale the, <laughs> the barricade, yeah. basically. Um, But she texts Josh. Yeah. He's from her- Gabe's phone. Yeah. Because her phone died. Her phone died. She's got Gabe's phone. So she texts him. And he's like, I want to talk to you. And he, he's already running. He's running. And he's like, I can't do this or whatever. And she's like trying to admit that she has feelings. And he's like, no, give me the whole speech. Like, do it. Prove it. Mm-hmm. And so she writes out this really long text message. Of- yeah, because she was like, I had the speech, but I, I want to give it to you in person. And he's like, no, just fucking tell me. Yeah, he says something like voice to text. Yeah. Now. <laughs> and so she gives him the speech of like how she wants to be with him. It's cute. He runs back. They kiss. They're together. Yep. Then we get a one-year time jump. And Ari proposes to Josh in in the sex shop. Boom. Yeah. (laughs) I hated this. Yeah, me too. Uh, I liked the essence of it. I didn't like it. I liked the idea of, like, her proposing and then he was secretly planning on also proposing. I find that funny. Yeah. But everything else surrounding it, I did not love. Right. Like, she proposes to him with a sex toy. And it for me, it was just like, okay, where was your personal growth? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that is exactly what I wrote at the end of this, which is like, it is so, it was so frustrating to read this and see Josh grow as a person. And Ari is just the same person that we met at the yeah. beginning of the book. Yes. Which was disappointing. Yes. I fully agree. Especially because, and I guess we're moving into overall thoughts now, because especially because one of the luxuries of having a book retelling of When Harry Met Sally is like, obviously watching a movie, you don't get a character's inner monologue and thoughts and emotions Mm -hmm. the way you can get them in a book. And the emotion in this book was written so beautifully and it was like so raw and just like, under overall thoughts in our Google Doc, the first thing I wrote was emotional damage because yeah. that's what the second half of this book was. Like, yes, it's really like raw is the best explanation yeah. for it. And there's so much depth that is there for Josh, at least, and like Ari a little bit. But like we have this luxury of like explaining all of this on the page that you don't get in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just didn't get that. Yeah, like I think... Kate Goldbeck, the author, like, tries to make it a moment of personal growth of, like, 
Ari's the one who's doing the proposing. She's being serious. But, like, also it's, like, not serious because she's doing it in a sex shop Mm -hmm. with a sex toy. And I don't know. I just – I really hated it. Yeah. I I like the moment after where Josh proposes and they kind of, like – that they did it together I think is really sweet. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. I I like the general backbone of what happened here but not the – Could it have happened with not a sex toy? Yeah. Yeah. I hated that. Exactly. Um, I don't know if you read the acknowledgments in this one, but it's full of every paragraph at the end has a direct When Harry Met Sally reference. I did. I After I saw your note, I read, went back and read the acknowledgments this morning. Yeah. So that was very cute. It's very clear that Kate Goldbeck is quite obviously a huge Nora Ephron stan. Mm-hmm. I do think, despite my issues with this book, it does feel very Nora Ephron ask like the banter how it's how new york is almost as big of a character as the actual characters mm-hmm. in the book like i feel like this is a pretty accurate like modern take on nora Ephron. Mm, yeah there's something about this book too that we haven't really touched on but it's kind of the through line of Josh and Ari are, like, drowning together. Mm -hmm. And that's something that Ari says a lot is, like, he's supposed to be drowning with me. Like, we're not life rafts. Like, we're supposed to struggle together. And it's, you know, like, at points in life, you do have other people like that. But it also becomes a really selfish thing to expect from somebody for them to be struggling with you and Mm -hmm. for you to just, like, want them to struggle with you and sit in the pit and be depressed or whatever and i think like that was an interesting part of when ari comes back to josh is her basically saying like you know you're my person that that, like i struggle with and Mm -hmm. like that's what you're supposed to be for me and him being like i i can't be that person like i have to put my life back together and ari almost like seeming unwilling a lot of this book to put her life back together Mm -hmm. i think frustrated me a lot at points and in fact like continuing to sabotage it doing Mm -hmm. the opposite of putting her life back together even up until the end when she's blowing her life up at this work thing yeah you know what let me find what he says to her okay yeah she comes back and she's like apologizing and she's like you know you meant the world to me and he's like well i don't want to hear about how you used to feel and he's like At one point, he says, I tried to center my world around you instead of actually rebuilding my life, whereas she was only willing to, like, center her world around her. And, yeah. Uh, At one point, he says, you're where you're supposed to be right now, and I guess I'm where I am. And I don't know. It's I think it's just, like, an interesting dynamic that we haven't necessarily seen from a romance like sometimes it's like one person struggling or everyone's in like a good place or like a decent place or like struggling in a way that's pretty low stakes like Mm -hmm. but this is like oh no your life is like falling apart and like how do you treat the people who are around you when that's happening yeah and it 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 is kind of that is kind of like a beautiful part of both this relationship and the when harry met sally relationship which is like two people finding each other at their lowest times. And even though they're maybe both independently fairly toxic, they're not necessarily toxic toward each other, Mm -hmm. which is nice. Yeah. And, you know, I think there is something to be said about having someone you can struggle with who's with you in the pit. But I will just say that none of the people who have been in the pit with me are people who 
stuck around long term. Mm. Yeah. And I don't think that type of relationship is sustainable. And I don't mean stuck around like they left. I mean, like, it was not a sustainable relationship on either part. Right. It's like if you're in a pit with somebody at the same time, like, you're supposed to be helping each other get out of the pit. Yeah. Not yanking each other back down. And usually you are just digging each other deeper down in there. Yeah. It's very rare that both of you manage to get out. Right. But, you know, I guess one interpretation of this book is like one person gets out and yanks the other one up with them, Mm -hmm. no matter how how unwilling they might seem, which, as we know, is sometimes necessary. Yeah. Sometimes you need someone to yank you out. Yeah. And maybe that's what Josh is for, for Ari. Yeah, maybe so. I think, like, this is the point where I just started getting, like, really almost, like, infuriated with Ari. Like, mm-hmm. when she comes back to Josh and she's like, I'm not, it's not like I'm doing great right now, you know? Like, I'm feeling really lonely. And it's like, you can't treat people like that. Yeah. You can't just treat people as, you know, the Band-Aid when you're feeling really lonely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I found myself so frustrated with her Sorry. at the end. Um And that was kind of, well, throughout the book, I actually never super liked her at any point, to be honest with you. I actually liked her less than I liked Josh, and Josh is not likable either. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think this is, this argument is one of the things that I think, like, had I not known that it was pulled from this movie, I would have taken more issue with. Mm. But it's easy to explain a way of, like, you know... When Harry Met Sally is a story about, yes, it's about, like, can men and women be friends? And it's, like, a funny tongue-in-cheek thing about that. But, like, at its core, it's a story about, like, two fucking deeply neurotic people finding each other. Mm -hmm. And, like, finding love despite the odds or whatever. And they're not very likable people. Like, yeah, they're charming or whatever, but they're not necessarily people you want to be friends with. Right. And so it's easy to explain away... Ari and Josh, for that matter, not being likable because those are the characters that they were inspired by. Mm. Like, the source material was not super strong. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And as somebody who does not have a close relationship with the source material like you do, maybe I did get a little bit more frustrated with it, Mm -hmm. especially, like, kind of watching Ari, like, drag Josh back down with her in throughout the book. uh, Yeah. Just to you know, solve her own loneliness and just also just like being a bad friend to like Radia too. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of dragging everybody back down with her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, But, but again, I, I think it's true. I think it's true to the original characters. I think it's just easier to pick apart because, you know, in a movie you spend an hour with them and Mm -hmm. we spent what, like four or five hours with them Mm -hmm. in the book, you know, and it's a little different. Um, I did overall really, really like this book, mainly because of that, like, middle to almost end section Mm, mm -hmm. of them falling in love, the, like, little moments with them together. Um, I think it's really good writing. I do, too. I really love the dialogue. I really love both characters' kind of inner monologues, Mm -hmm. the way Kate Goldbeck writes those. So, overall, I, I really really liked it um with some asterisks yeah this is certainly more of like a melancholy romance Mm -hmm. than we've read a lot of you know it's very funny at points i really like all of their text exchanges i think it's really hard to i think some of my favorite authors are people who write like witty banter in a way that feels 
genuine and actually witty, not like cringy. Right, yeah. So, and that's pulled off really well here. Yeah, it's very realistic mm-hmm. banter between two people who are like friends in weird places in their life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's like that's done very well. I think all the conversations are done very well. Again. Yeah, like lots of inside jokes and references and things that like would actually happen. Again, I love Briar. Yes. I love Briar so much. Great side characters throughout. Gabe's great. Love him. Love Abby. Mm-hmm. Lots of good good character moments in general. Yeah. Um yeah, just kind of like a like a very I don't want to say like introspective, but it is like definitely a more like melancholy, let's talk about our flaws as people book. Yeah. Which again is exactly what When Harry Met Sally is. Yeah. Like it's billed as a romantic comedy, but like fucking not really. It's pretty depressing. That's true. That's a good point. Like yeah. half the time I'm like, God, this is sad. Yeah, yeah. I did I did really like like I liked leading up to when they actually kiss, but like once they start to like when they actually kiss and kind of get together and figure that stuff out. I do really enjoy the book Mm -hmm. and I really liked it also with some like asterisks. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'll probably read it again, which I think, you know, for me is high praise. Yeah. I would like to reveal something to you that might ruin the book for you. Oh my God. It's Raylo fanfic. No. (laughs) Are you joking? How? That is... See, I am not as intimately familiar with that source material as you are, but look at the fucking... No! I know! Fuck! Um, This is only if the Goodreads people are to be trusted, so take with a grain of salt. In the acknowledgments, she talks about being a fanfic writer. Fuck. I thought about not telling you. I'm glad you did. I didn't want to tell you to the end. Thank you for not telling me before I finished. (laughs) Oh, no, I wasn't going to do that. No. Um, I'm going to sit with that information. I'll let you know how I feel about it later. I don't think it ruins it for me. I did picture this man as Adam Driver the whole time, though. Mm, I could not picture this man. At one point, they talk about him being, like, ugly hot, though, which now is Mm -hmm. further solidifying to me that this was Raylo fanfic. Mm -hmm. Um, He's very tall. God, he really does look like Adam Driver on the cover. He's in his dark clothes. Yep. He wears all... Fuck! Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sorry. All right, well... Womp womp. And if you're listening to this podcast and we now <laughs> ruined the book for you, you should still read it. You should still read it. I think it was a it was a good, like, book of the month romance, too. I agree. And I also think that regardless of the issues with this book, if you are a When Harry Met Sally stan you will really like the book. Yeah. This was like a romance that I could pick up and feel like I worked my brain too. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of nice sometimes. You know, we love our fucking like candy romance. Like yeah. Paybacks of Witch was pretty candy. Yeah. Sometimes uh, you need some vegetables. Yeah. This was, a, this was a little bit heartier. So yeah. I liked it a lot. I really did too. I yeah. really did too. It definitely like that second half, I had a hard time putting it down, mm-hmm. which for me, if I'm like, you know, staying up too late, with my little book light under the covers. That's, that's how I know. You know what I had to do again? Speed read. 
and I did it Thursday night. I read 100 pages, and then Friday morning, I read like another 150 pages. Nice, and so, then I postponed the recording. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> I got it done, so. Yeah. But it did, it went fast. Yeah, it, it's a quick two, book. Yeah. yeah, it went yeah. fast in those like last 200 pages yeah. uh, where I wasn't slogging through it. I was like, okay, I am still enjoying it. I'm speed reading a little bit, but I am enjoying it. Yeah. I wasn't skimming speed reading. I was just sit down and Getting focus. through it quickly, yeah. yeah. What are you reading now? I'm not reading anything right now, except I'm about to read... Well, I'll do a, I'll do an unconventional one. What I'm reading is Taffy Ackner's profile on Taylor Swift. So yeah. everyone, please go read it because yeah. it's excellent. Um, Still bookmarked for me. I need to get through it. a long feature, so it'll take you a good half hour to read. It yeah. counts. Um, That's a book. Yeah, it's a book. <laughs> I love Taffy Ackner. So for her to make a big New York Times magazine return with a Taylor Swift profile that actually does not have Taylor Swift in it. Mm-hmm. The new, uh, it's our generation's Frank Sinatra has a cold. Yes. So go read that because it's excellent. Uh, but Katie is about to loan me Practical Magic. So that's what I'm about to be reading. Yes. And that is what I just finished reading. I finished it Friday and I haven't picked, so as we're recording this like two days ago, and I haven't picked anything new I'm like slowly chipping away at this nonfiction book by this local this local author who's uh, intersex. Mm. I can't remember her name, Alicia Alicia something, but it's called Inverse Cowgirl, and it's really interesting. It's basically just about her experiences growing up intersex, which is a community I know practically nothing about. Mm. Interesting. Um, so I am kind of chipping away at that, but I did just finish Practical Magic, as in the book that inspired the movie. I have seen the movie many times. It's not one of my like regular Halloween rotations, but I'll watch it every few years. I want it to be one of my regular Halloween rotations because I do really like the movie. But yeah, I got the, I had a a free book of the month add-on for September because my birthday was in September. And I was like, what do I want? And I was like, well, I've never read Practical Magic. It's delightful. I didn't know it was a book, and I barely knew it was a movie. It's a whole last series. There's three others. Two of them are on their way to me right now because I found them on Book Outlet. (laughs) Book Outlet is- So they were like $5 each. A disease. It really is. Why do you think all this exists? We'll we'll see if it makes it into the cut, but Katie knocked down about six books grabbing one while we were recording. Yeah, there's five on the floor. Yep. Um, Yeah, I have a pretty uh, precarious- situation <laughs> tower situation if anyone has a lead on a on a small bookshelf for my office i would appreciate it yep um but yeah i really loved it and i thought it was gonna be like it's not that witchy it's not no okay like okay. it is but it, yeah i'm looking forward to it because th- that's also why i'm not reading anything right now because i finished this on friday today sunday and I didn't want to start something and then have to put it down so I could read Practical Magic. Yeah, it's more of a family drama about a bunch of women. Love it. Generations of women. Great. That'll and be bad men. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really lovely. I liked it. So yeah, that's me. We don't know what we're doing next. We'll let you all know when we know. Yep. Well <laughs> like November's tough. There's no Thanksgiving romances as we discussed last year. So I know. Maybe we can find something that's fall-esque kind of like you again was yeah yeah if you guys have any recommendations we'll take them well let us know bye